Bujuniji, Omarazik, Gitchia Nimiki, Manomashkiki Manidu, Indigo, Terry Wildman in Dishnakaz, Niminuayaga Yenim and Wendam, Uma Ayayan Nungum. I just introduced myself in a language that I don't speak. But it is the language of my ancestry, the Anishinaabe. Anishinaabe mean the real people. Sorry about the rest of you. <laughs> so the Anishinaabe have many different tribal groups. Ojibwe is what I'm part of. That was in the Ojibwe dialect found in Minnesota. And what I said was, hello, my friends, who share this life together with me. I said, my native name is Gichianimiki Minomashkiki Manadu. That was given to me by my mentors. <laughs> and it means voice of the great thunder with a good medicine spirit. I'm also known as Terry Wildman. <laughs> Much easier. <laughs> and uh, I said, it feels good to be with you here right now in this place. And it does feel good to be here. My wife's name is Darlene. You saw her playing the Native American flute and the hand drum this morning. Darlene is an honorary member of the Miami Nation of Indians of Indiana, even though she's 90% Irish. <laughs> I want to thank the leadership, Pastor Caleb, the leadership of Desert Springs Bible Church for giving a talking stick to a Native American and giving a voice to Native people. <laughs> Believe it or not, we've been around here longer than most of you. Is there anyone here today, would you, if you have Native American heritage or ancestry, and you know you do, would you please stand so we can all recognize you and honor you? Is there anyone? One here. Here and here. Yes. So I want to say to every person who has Native heritage here, visit our table afterwards and pick up a gift from us. We would like to gift you. Uh, with something, some of our music uh, that some of it you've already heard this morning. Well, I need to get to my message this morning. My message is called a, a clash of worldviews. It's an odd, and it's based on John chapter 3, verses 1 through 16. Well, we, we know the famous John 3.16. I mean, you see it on TV a lot, right? At, at football games, at soccer games, at uh, baseball games. But there is a backstory to John 3.16. What is this, or, or, or John right there, what is happening when conquers the people, Nicodemus, meets, creator sets free, Jesus. Just from the names and the meanings of the names, already we have a difference in worldviews. We know there's going to be trouble. Just like when, you, when the settlers came, we did round dances. You guys did square dances. <laughs> we knew there was going to be something that's going to happen. There's going to be some misunderstandings along the way. But I want to 
get into the backstory of John chapter 3. And let me give you a few things to tell you where I'm going this morning. I want you to know this. Only one that is born again or, or literally from the Greek, born from above, can see the kingdom. Now, in the First Nation version, we call the kingdom of God creator's good road. It is a way of life that we've entered into under the leadership and guidance of creator sets free, the creator and his son, Jesus. But only one who is born from above can see this kingdom. So what is needed? To see the kingdom of God, to see creator's good road, we need new eyes. We need to be able to see, not from an earthly perspective, but from a heavenly one, from above. And it requires a radical change in our orientation to the world and to, the, to our creator. What does this coming down from above mean? In John chapter 3, Jesus talks about Jesus was the first one to come down from heaven, from the world above, from the place where God is. Abraham didn't come down from above. Moses wasn't from above. King David wasn't from above. Solomon wasn't from above. So they never fully saw or understood the kingdom of God. Oh, they, they glimpsed it. They had uh, just glasses on. They, they saw a little bit of it, but they didn't see the fullness or understand what this kingdom that, that Jesus is going to bring is all about. Now let me say this. The new birth from above is not about going to heaven when you die. But it's about a new way of seeing the world and understanding God's kingdom. It's about a new way of living in the world. You know, a lot of times people say, don't you want to get people into heaven? And I say, no, I want to get heaven into people. So Jesus introduced a new kind of world, not just a new and improved version of the old world, but a radically different one, a radically different viewpoint from the, the world system, from the way the world works. The world works through fear and violence, but God's kingdom works through love and sacrifice. I have to, uh, I'm using my sacred iPad this morning. So to understand this backstory, I'm going to read to you from Daniel chapter 7. Because when, when Nicodemus uh, conquers the people, comes to creator sets free Jesus, he's got an agenda. He's got a purpose that he's coming to Jesus. You see, Nicodemus is a power broker. He is on the Sanhedrin. He is in the top government of Israel. He makes, he's one of the decision makers of the land. And he's a Pharisee. He was a radically committed to the Bible, to the, to the Torah, to the law, to all these things. And he's understanding the scripture. He, he memorized at least the first five books 
of the Bible as a Pharisee. And he's, he's, he understands the prophecy of Daniel. He knows that Daniel prophesied a timeline that was going to take place. And he knew that that timeline was coming in their, at their time. And they're looking for this person. They're looking for this kingdom. But they know that someone's going to bring the kingdom. And that someone is someone that Daniel calls a son of man. A true human being. Daniel 7, 13 and 14. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys put the slides up for me. <clears throat> Daniel, I'll start reading it. As I lay awake during the night, I was given many sacred visions, Daniel said. In one vision I looked and I saw what appeared to be a true human being. He was riding on the clouds of the world above and was brought into the council house of the Ancient of Days. I like that name for God. Ancient of Days. And he stood before the Ancient of Days and was gifted with great authority over all the earth, with honor that outshines the sun, and with power that reaches beyond all the directions. All clans, tribes, nations, and languages will honor and serve this chosen one above all others. His chiefly rule will last beyond the end of all days. For it will be a good road, a kingdom that can never fade away or be destroyed or come to a bad end. So this kingdom, Nicodemus is looking, all the, the leaders of Israel are looking for this coming prophecy to be fulfilled, this son of man who's going to come. So, so Nicodemus sneaks out. He doesn't want the crowds to see him coming to Jesus, so he sneaks in at night. I can just kind of picture them by the fire. The fire's going, a little camp. Maybe the disciples are camped around. I don't know. They might be in a house, but I just picture them outside. Good Indians. All right? And so he can, it says, I'm going to read and I'm going to comment on this as we move along here. A man named Conquers the People, Nicodemus, came to Creator Sets Free in secret at night. He was one of the separated ones, Pharisees, a headman of the tribes of wrestles with Creator, that's Israel, who sat in the great council, that's the Sanhedrin. Out of the shadows he whispered, Wisdom keeper, we know the great spirit sent you to teach us. No one can perform powerful signs like these unless the maker of life walks with him. Nicodemus knows that Jesus is unique. Jesus is special. Creator sets free is a possibility for the kingdom, the bringer of the kingdom. And Nicodemus is trying to find that out. So Jesus knows this. And so what is the first thing he says? Conquers the people, Nicodemus. Oh, Jesus says, I speak from my heart. Creator sets free, Jesus answered. Only one who has been born from above can see Creator's good road, the kingdom of God. Conquers the people, Nicodemus was surprised by this strange answer. So he asked, can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb to be born a second time? 
So Nicodemus and Jesus, Jesus is talking about the kingdom and something radical needs to change in Nicodemus and in Israel because they don't see the kingdom. They're not seeing it. Or they're looking through the wrong lens to see the kingdom. They're thinking the kingdoms are going to come in a certain way. And creator sets free. Jesus is going to tell him that it comes totally different than you expect. I love this. Verse 5, listen closely, creator sets free, answered. One must be born of both water and spirit to walk creator's good road. The human body only gives birth to natural life, but it takes the spirit of creator to give birth to spiritual life. Do not be surprised that I said to you, you must be born from above. Everyone born in this way is like the wind that blows wherever it wants. You can hear its sound, but no one knows where it comes from or where it goes. Now, Jesus is kind of speaking in riddles here. Of course, that's the way he always seemed to teach. Parables, riddles, wise sayings. And, but he's now speaking to one of the leaders of Israel who's come to him asking. And Nicodemus looks at, the, at Jesus and he's cross-eyed. How can these things be, he says. We added a little storytelling here. Creator sets free, looked gently but firmly into his eyes and continued. He says, how can it be that a wisdom keeper and spiritual leader of the tribes of wrestles with creator Israel does not understand these things? Ah, good old Jesus turns it right back on him. He says, listen closely. For you fail to hear what we're talking about. We are speaking about things we know to be true. But if you do not believe me when I talk about things on earth, how will you believe me when I talk about things from the world above? The spirit world above heaven. For there is only one who has gone up and come down from the world above, the true human being. So, so Jesus is saying He's talking about the kingdom. He's trying to get Nicodemus to understand that this kingdom is going to be radically different from the one he's expecting. He's going to have to have a radical change. The Spirit of God's going to have to do something in him that changes his viewpoint. Instead of having an earthly viewpoint, he needs a heavenly viewpoint. And that's what's happening here. Jesus is, is trying to counter Nicodemus' thinking. Because what is Nicodemus' thinking? What did the Jewish people of Jesus' day, how did they believe the kingdom would come? They believed it would come like it did with David, King David, with the sword, with conquering, with killing. So Nicodemus, I'm sure he thinks, oh, the first thing Messiah is going to do is kill all the Romans. And then he's going to put us in charge. But, but before he does that, he's going to purify all the temple. And he's going to do all these things. And Nicodemus has a worldview that says, we get to be in charge. And Jesus is countering that worldview. He's, saying this, he's going to tell Nicodemus, it's not about being in charge. It's not about conquering. It's not about 
uh, forcing others to do God's will. It's about the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to do a work in you and in all those of Israel who will listen to my voice, is what he's saying. Ah, this is important. It's important to understand that Nicodemus had an earthly view of the kingdom. He had a David view of the kingdom with the sword. David, David was not even permitted to build the temple because he was a man of bloodshed. Creator's purpose and idea was not to force anyone into compliance, but to change hearts. Verse 14. Now he's going to start telling them how the kingdom's going to come. Do, do you not remember when drawn from the water, Moses lifted up a pole with a snake on it in the desert wilderness? This is what will happen to the true human being, the son of man. So people will put their trust in him and have the life of the world to come full of beauty and harmony that never fades away. Eternal life. This special kind of life that comes from the creator and it's an abundant life, it's a full life, it's, it's, a, it's, it's life that never ends. But it's more than just not ending life, it's a quality of life. And so Jesus said, Moses, there's a story behind this. You, don't you remember long ago when the tribes of wrestles with Creator were wandering in the desert and they did not listen to the great spirit, to God? So poisonous snakes came and bit them and many were dying. Drawn from the water, Moses prayed for them, so Creator told him to put a snake on a pole and lift it up so the people could see. And when they looked at it, they were healed and did not die. So what he's telling Nicodemus is, Israel's in sin. Israel's been bitten. Israel's in rebellion today. He's telling Nicodemus, I've come to deal with the rebellion in people. I've come to deal with the poisonous uh, ways of the world that have infected them and that are killing them. I've come to set people free from this. But what's going to happen is the kingdom's not going to come by the sword. The kingdom's going to come by the cross. Two worldviews. How does the kingdom come? By force and violence or by the cross? By loving sacrifice. Two worldviews, and they're clashing right here. And Nicodemus, he's reeling. He, he just doesn't understand because he hasn't been born from above yet. So conquers the people. Nicodemus remained silent, listening to the words of creator sets free. And then we come to the famous verse. Now before we talk about John 3.16, I want to say this. If you were a, a Jewish Sanhedrin member and a Pharisee in, in Second Temple Judaism in a, somewhere around 30 A.D., 
you would have expected Jesus to say something different in verse 16 than what he said. You would have expected it to say something like this. God so loved Israel that he sent his only son. That's what Nicodemus expects to hear, that God loves Israel, and God does. But what Nicodemus fails to see is that God loves the whole world. Every tribe, every tongue, every person, every language. And God wants everyone to have this life of beauty and harmony that never fades away. The one, that life that's going to continue into the next world. He wants everyone to have that, and he wants everyone treated equally in this process. I tell you what, Israel in the time of Jesus would not even one moment consider that a Gentile, a non-Jewish person, could ever be treated, treated as an equal. Think about it. Israel had their own form of religious nationalism. And Nicodemus was caught up in it. And all of Israel was caught up in it. And that's why so few, so few would accept the message of Jesus. Because it was challenging them right down to the core of their self-identity as the people of God. But Jesus was going to challenge them, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Jesus said, the great spirit loves this world. Now here's the scary part for Nicodemus. See, when we say the world today, we have a bigger view of, the, of what the world is than Nicodemus did. When we think of the world, we think of all, we have over 150 nations. We have all, this whole planet, 8 billion people. When Nicodemus thought of the world, he thought of the Roman Empire. That was all the world they knew. The Roman Empire. So when Jesus says, God so loves, love the world. Nicodemus hears, God so loved the Roman Empire. He loves the Romans too. Nicodemus just can't, he couldn't handle it. God loves them? Yeah, but they're sinners. Yeah, but Nicodemus, you don't understand. You're a sinner too. All Israel is in sin and rebellion and has been bitten by this poisonous thing. And the whole world needs to hear this message. But it's sad that the very people who should have been shining this light were walking in darkness themselves. It says the great spirit loves this world of human beings so deeply. He gave us his son the only son who fully represents him. All who trust in him and his way will not come to a bad end, but will have the life of the world to come that never fades away, full of beauty and harmony. Creator did not send his son to decide against the people of this world. Oh, yeah, I forgot there is a 17th verse. 
Creator did not send his son to decide against the people of this world, but to set them free from the worthless ways of the world. I stand before you today as a Native American who, is, who follows the Jesus way. Not many of our people follow the Jesus way. Maybe 5 to 7% I've heard. Why? Because the people that came here that were supposed to bring us the good news brought us bad news. They took our children and put them in boarding schools and punished them for speaking our language. They forced the gospel on us. When you take something as beautiful as this good story of Jesus that Jesus brought, that God loves all the people of the world, and when you begin to force that upon people and put them in situations that have nothing to do with the gospel and oppress them and eventually cooperate with a government that takes away our language and all these things, it's no wonder only a small percentage of our native people are following Jesus. But I'm believing that we need to change that. But we need to learn the lesson that Nicodemus had to learn we, and that Israel has, had to learn. We need to learn the lesson that happened when the gospel was brought by force and violence rather than by love and sacrifice. Today, I want to say what view of the kingdom do you have? Do you need to get new eyes? Do you need to be to have a radical change in your viewpoint to understand what we believers in Jesus, how we're supposed to function in this world, not by, ta not by taking over, but by serving, by loving, by sacrificing. By caring for the oppressed, the poor, the marginalized. These are, this is what the early church did. They loved not their lives, even to the death. Even if it cost them their lives. So I want to leave you with this this morning. I would love to have you pray. And really, really seek creator, God, through his son, in the Holy Spirit to give you the kind of view that Jesus was giving to Nicodemus. One of beauty, one of love, one of sacrifice. Creator, I so thank you for this time. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for this sacred family here that follows the teachings of Creator Sets Free, Jesus. I thank you for the opportunity to represent my people this morning and to stand in a good way. I thank you for the work of your spirit and that you will continue to take the seeds that I have spoken today and, and minister to every heart. And I pray this in the name of Creator Sets Free, Jesus, your Son, the chosen one who is also known as the Christ. Aho and amen. Bizendawiyeg, thank you for listening.